Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Buzzer Race. I'm your host, Nikhil Ranjan. I'm your co-host, Alan Zhang. And for our guest today, we have Emily Lewis, who is the new NJCL Academic Contest Chair. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. So uh, before we kind of, you know, just dive right into things, um, would you be willing to introduce yourself to the listeners, give a little sure. like basic background information, and then your favorite place you've ever visited? Oh, my favorite place I've ever visited. Okay. Um, hi, um, my name is Emily Lewis. I played Kurtaman for a very long time in Massachusetts, um, which is where I grew up. Um, and now I teach in Virginia. Um, and I can tell you more about that story later. Um, and let's see, my favorite place I've ever visited, gosh. You know, I'm going to be really unoriginal here and say Rome, because that was probably the coolest experience I ever had. Because you, you read about the Pantheon, right, in all of the books, and all of a sudden you walk by it and you just go, and you kind of feel like that turtle from Finding Nemo, what's his name, Crush, <laughs> right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, whoa, and then we were like, whoa, and then we were like, whoa, right? <laughs> that, that, that was totally me. <laughs> um, so. Rome is so cool to visit as a classic student because like, you know, I, I totally agree with you. You, you read so much about all these things in your books, but books are only so big. And when you actually see them in person, the magnitude of how much, you know, like the Colosseum. Right? I had no idea how big it was like, until I was walking through it. <laughs> You're just going to stare at it. You know? yeah, it's truly amazing. I have to say, I think I'm the odd person out because at least I have not gone and I am dying to go. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to travel probably like post senior year or something before starting anything else, you know, actual adult life. I'm like, I'm going to go to Rome and Greece, hopefully. I mean, COVID though. Yeah, when this whole crazy COVID thing is over, you mean? Yeah, then we'll, then we'll see what happens. Um, So yeah, let's just kind of dive right into uh, talking about, you know, Kurtaman, JCL, Latin, things everyone loves. So our first kind of question is, how'd you get into Latin? Oh boy. Um, okay, so I went to a private school from third through eighth grade. Um, and there in seventh grade, you start taking Latin. That's just what you do. Um, so it was interesting for me because I always loved mythology as a kid. Um, so I, I was totally that kid with like the Delairs and like, you know, um, and my mother eventually had to set a limit on how many myth books I could buy every time we went shopping. Okay. Um, so I connected immediately. I love language to begin with, um, but I connected immediately with Latin through the mythology. Um, that said, um, when I transferred from Southfield Dexter, which is where I had been, um, to St. Mark's in Southboro, you know, I placed into Latin too. I said, cool, I'm going to take it. I only have to take up to level three of a language. That's awesome. And then I'm going to go major in physics in college. That was what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to work for NASA. Um, I love space and all that it entails. And, you know, I, I got there um, and believe it or not, I actually used to be very shy and extremely quiet. Um, I really didn't talk as a kid. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I walked into Latin class the first day. And my teacher was, if you've ever seen the dying Gaul sculpture, he looked like that. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> and, you know, I walked into class. I was early. I was trying to make a really good first impression, you know, tiny little freshman me in a Latin two class, right, with all these sophomores. Um, and I smiled and I said, Salwe, right? And he is facing the window and he turns around and just like big, huge gesture. And he goes, Salwe, Roma. And I'm just like, oh my God, what have I walked into? And I mean, I soon figured out that he was one of those teachers that you would take Latin literally just to take a class with him. Mm, yeah. Thunder. He teaches in New Hampshire now. Um, and just amazing, amazing teacher. Like he was one of those teachers that like you just, you didn't leave Latin after he got you. Um, so um, that was sort of where I started. He left St. Mark's my junior year um, and the school in their infinite wisdom uh, decided that they were just going to quietly try to sweep it under the rug and replace him without a student on the committee. Um, and that was the first time I think I ever raised hell, like really raised hell. Um, somehow it got around to me, um, and I just let the administration have it. And eventually they stuck me on the committee to shut me up, uh, basically. Um, and I'm sitting there in all of these interviews and the teachers just weren't kicking. I mean, they were so boring. <laughs> um, and I said, you know, in 11th grade, you know, I'm sitting there going, I can do better. Um, and immediately, you know, all of my dreams of working for NASA went, you know, completely out the window, and this is sort of where I ended up, um, and I decided I was going to college for classics, um, much to the surprise, I guess, of my parents. Um, I don't think they really knew what to do with that, um, but they kind of just sort of, initially they thought it was a phase, but eventually they went along with it. That's that's super neat. I think uh, I think there seems to be a fair amount of teachers in Latin who seem to have this impact on people where it's like you take the class maybe for some random reason and then they like kind of like pull you in and you're just like I love it here. Like <laughs> yeah, this, I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, like this teacher's this teacher's name. That's super cool. I I'm I'm glad to hear that that kind of experience happened because it like with like the current like state of Latin and stuff and maybe where it's going, uh, it's nice to hear that there are there were people and still are people who are having this kind of impact and aiming for that kind of impact with students. That's definitely the hope. Yeah, I um, mean, and it's sort of where you know, if you had a teacher like that, you want to be a teacher like that. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's hopefully a self-perpetuating thing. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, I mean, it, it seems to be working like that so far and hopefully Good. it keeps going like that because like, uh, I think that's like the way, that's like the way Latin kind of has to be is you have like people who are really invested and excited for it and then students will naturally become just as excited. Absolutely. So uh, I guess kind of like the next point we want to talk about is like, so 
you were a former player and we wanted yes. to learn about how did you get into Kurt Thomas in the JCL? Was it again a result of your teacher? Like what was that like? So in, I very quickly learned um, that there was practice that people went to where there was this mythical pizza uh, that showed up every Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and I was very curious as to how I could get in on the pizza. Um, <laughs> and so very quickly, I, I started kind of, you know, showing up to these, right? He was looking for pretty much just anyone that would show up, right? Um, so I showed up. Um, and we had a spectacular grammarian, um, pretty good myth. Um, and then somebody who just knew all of these random facts, but no history. And I said, I love history. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and my, my teacher kind of went, okay. Um, and he handed me Heichelheim. Um, and you know, I mean, this book is like a tome, right? It's like this thick, right? And you know, once again, little ninth grade me is looking at this thing going, holy cow, now what do I do? <laughs> um, so I took it home and I just sort of started going through it. I knew a lot of like random historical facts, um, but I started to kind of stitch them together as a story. Mm -hmm. um and you know when I came back the next week you know I was starting to really get the questions after getting like eviscerated by the upper level players um for you know the first week and I came back and I'm like no I I got this like I this is what I want to do and I am a competitive person to begin with um so like he totally seized on you know Here's a competitive person who loved to watch Jeopardy as a kid, right? Uh, that was totally my thing. My parents and I would watch Jeopardy and beat the life out of each other on it. Um, so uh, the, the idea of like buzzer game quiz bowl about something that I gave half a dang about was totally in it for me. <laughs> No, that's, that's super neat. And I think, uh, like some people come in via quiz bowl, uh, like they play a different trivia game first and then they come into Latin. They're like, Whoa, there's a version like this for Latin. <laughs> like this is incredible. So, yeah. So, I mean, it seems to be a fair amount of the times people who come into Kirtaman seem to have had some prior background of like, uh, competition that they're like, Oh, this would be really cool to try it out yeah. now just with Latin. Um, so what kept you in Kurtaman? I know it can be a pretty brutal scene for people. You can burn out pretty quickly from studying and competition. My team kept me in it. Um, I kind of stuck around for the people. Um, also the fact that there was always more to learn. There was always something, even when I was advanced and I thought I had it down, I'd get, there would be a question that would come up and I'm like, geez, I've never heard of that. <laughs> you know, I, I would come out of tournaments with stuff written on the backs of my hands, you know, <laughs> uh, like I have to look this up. Um, and I mean, there was always something else I could find. Uh, so I, I loved that I could learn more. 
I loved making friends with my opponents. Um, like there was, you know, there was always stuff that like people would go for. And I'm like, how did you know that? Like at that point, I never would have gone for that question. What, what was going through your mind when, when you, when you jumped on that? Um, and you know, I mean, I made friends with lots and lots of people all over the country. Um, and like, I'm still, I still am friends with them. It was crazy when I came back to JCL as a teacher, you know, I'm sitting in the dining hall and I look up and there's David Jackson. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I hadn't seen him in how long, <laughs> right? So that's, you, you come for the Latin, but you stay for the people, I think. Um, and that's always what I, I still try to encourage with my own students, like make friends with the people you play against, because that's also a great way to get better. You know, I mean, you've played against these people, whether you won or lost to them, they've got something to teach you. Um, and to me, Kirtaman, yes, it was about the competition, but it was also about, you know, the learning. Like there, there was something out there that I could always take away from a competition. I didn't, I didn't know every single question. Um, and even if I got the question, there was always a fact in there that I was like, wow, really? All right, cool. Now that's new. <laughs> um, and that went into my notebook. No, that's, that's super cool. I mean, like, uh, we now have the online environment where people are more interconnected than ever, as far as I'm aware. I think before, like before COVID, I think uh, the East Coast Kirtaman scene was pretty connected. You have the uh, university tournaments yep. and the like. Uh, but literally everyone west, so just, you know, the rest of the yeah. country was just and kind of... I had of no it. idea they existed. <laughs> yeah, and I think, it's, I think it's super neat. I've gotten to meet a lot of people uh, through, like, you know, Discord and the servers, and I think it's, I think it's super cool because you find out there are so many more JCLers than just, like, you know, your state <laughs> delegation and then the, like, kind of, like, random faces you see in General Assembly at Nationals where you're like, there are this many Latin, and then you learn that's not even all of the Latin students in the nation. You're like, what is happening? Not even remotely. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 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 super cool. And uh, so I wanted to kind of now go into actually your experience as a player in competition. So you mentioned to me uh, when you played uh, at nationals, semis was against Virginia seemingly every, every time, <laughs> and. It's funny because you're now in Virginia. I am, yeah. Uh, you're teaching in Virginia. And I'm, I'm curious, like, besides, like, how was it like as a player, you know, playing probably more or less the same iteration, give a person or two switching in and out here and there. Um, like, what was that like as a player? And then what is it like to kind of think about now that you're a teacher in Virginia and this is the state you used to play against as a, com like, former competitor? Well, okay. So it every year you knew, like after my first year, right, I kind of knew what I was up against, right? I knew that I, that, you know, they would be working super hard and like, I would probably see more or less these people again. Um, and it was pretty awesome. Like, 
I mean, back then you kind of wrote emails, right? We had AOL, yay. Um, <laughs> those lovely days of dial-up. But um, you could still email people. And like, I remember after, you know, my first, my first year, my novice year uh, with the semis, like, I mean, we lost by five points. It was brutal. But like, I mean, we just, we had, I mean, by the end of that, we just had so much respect for each other. Like we traded questions the whole time. Um, and I walked up to their historian and I said, what is your I am? Like, write it down. <laughs> like, we need to practice together. Um, and I mean, that's just sort of how it kept going. Um, and I mean, you always knew, like, where you were going. And I mean, I, I remember looking at it the next year, you know, we're, we're sitting there after all three rounds of uh, prelims and I went, oh my God, we have to play Virginia again. <laughs> Um, and you know, off we went. Um, the cool part about it was that it was always just like a healthy competition. You weren't, there wasn't this like, grr, you know, I hate you type stuff. Um, it was healthy. It was fun. And we always kind of tried to just force ourselves to get better. Um, and no matter, every year we lost, but it was always like, oh man, nice buzz on that. That was so good. <laughs> like, you know, and that, that was just kind of how it worked. Um, it's interesting being in Virginia now, kind of looking back on it, uh, because now every year we've had to play mass in the finals. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, it's very much kind of the, I still kind of feel like it's sort of the battle of Marius and Sulla. Mm. Um, Right, like, you know, who's who is completely interesting at this point because, like, I, I coached Michael, um, and I mean, now it's just like, well, I know what I'm up against, you know, and I coach intermediate now, um, and, but I help with all of the levels, and you know, you, I kind of just feel like I've come sort of that weird full circle. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's interesting to see it from the other side. Um, to, you know, when you're going up against this like juggernaut team, you know, what are you looking at? The cool part about this year was that we could go back and watch mm -hmm. their matches and be like, okay, so where are they strong? Like, and I, <laughs> in the past, you know, you'd, you'd send like one of your, your students to be like, go watch the mass match, go. <laughs> and, you know, now you'd, I can, I can kind of look at them and be like, oh, okay. You know, the fun part is like when you look at them and you're like, oh my God, that's so-and-so's little sister, little brother. <laughs> like, I had their brother, right? Because it hasn't been all that long since I've been there. Um, but I mean, it, just, it still comes down to that healthy respect for the team you're playing against. And you really can't lose sight of that. You don't sleep on anybody. <laughs> you really don't. Um, because sometimes they will amaze you. Uh, the first time we played Illinois, I'd never heard of them before. I didn't know who Will Nifong was. Oh. I'd never met David Jaffe. Um, but we had to, like, I was, one of the kids on the team was Samir Ali. And I just went, oh my God. 
like I had never seen somebody, you know, in like my coaching time play like that. And I went, okay, like, <laughs> you know, maybe they're better than we thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that just reminded me, like, you just, you don't sleep on them. No, that's, that's super cool. And I think that's a really cool takeaway to have. I think a lot of the times, uh, you like s- smaller states, maybe with just not as much rep, just because of pure coincidence of like how Latin has developed within the state. It's like, oh, we maybe probably not worry too much about them, and then they show up, and you're like, I, I regret this decision. Yes, <laughs> I regret this decision so much. Um, but it's also so cool to see them like smaller states like um, Maryland recently with Micah Kretzman Clow um, and like just how far they came in four years, mm-hmm. you know, like, holy cow, all of a sudden, you know, they went from being like, you know, this kid who likes Kretaman to being like this kid who can actually give Virginia a run for its money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, how did, wow. Like, they they got there and i mean nobody would have expected that like oh we're playing maryland haha that's cute you don't sleep on that (laughs) yeah no it's 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 really neat to see that kind of development but um you know even though that there can be some uh unexpected things you've obviously been an incredibly successful kirtan coach i mean how many finals performances have you had you've had um you've had a national finals win before yep. um how do you think you like prepare your teams to uh compete in nationals and perform so successfully so i think at the end of the day um and this is kind of counterintuitive kind of not um it comes down to are they having fun it, if you're there you know like cracking the whip all the time they're not gonna have a good time and as such you're not going to get the investment that you expect, I think. Um, So I'm always pushing for, you know, like, yeah, we're going to work at it. Um, But we're also going to have some fun with it. You know, I am, I'm a snarky coach. Um, Anybody (laughs) who's ever worked with me will tell you that. Um, But I think you know, it comes down to giving them the resources and kind of letting them run with them. Um, I'm very big on you get out what you put in. Um, and that, that's the, the lecture I would give my team every year, you know, like we've done tryouts and I send out this huge email that I have now that's like, hey, welcome intermediate team. Um, you know, cost restarts on this day. Here's a huge amount of resources. Um, remember at this point, you know, your job is to study. You get out of it what you put into it. If you are putting the time in, you are going to do well. It's, it's a matter of, you know, knowing your own strengths, Um, and being able to play to your own strengths. So like this year, um, 
my team grammarian was like super strong on mottos, which is usually where I need to stick an all around and be like, you need to learn the mottos, right? Um, but this year I, I had to grab my all around and be like derivatives, girl. Like, <laughs> you gotta work on those derivatives, right? And, you know, so it's also a matter of kind of watching your students and kind of knowing making sure that they know what their strengths are but also you knowing what their strengths are and there there's a point that you hit um after you've coached a couple teams where you can get pretty good at looking at a student and going okay a couple things we know about them they play better when they're warmed up right mm -hmm. um so rather than just sending them cold into the match, okay, we're going to meet an hour ahead of time and run around just real quick. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I think, you know, I've always been big on the team building aspect of it. Um, and I think that also has a lot to do with it because at the end of the day, Kirtaman is a team sport. It isn't for random players who know something. It really, especially now, the way that Miss um, Luongo has worked on, like doing, you know, history questions in Latin, right? You need everybody on there, um, and I think, you know, building the trust, building the team aspect, knowing that when your teammate buzzes in, that they've got this. I think that that's really what builds the success. And it also builds, you know, the fun and the camaraderie and because at the end of the day, these are kids that are going to stay together for four-ish years, mm -hmm. um, hopefully, right? And, you know, by, by the time that they are seniors and advanced, you know, just kind of watching them and just seeing how much trust there is in that group of four people it's pretty cool. Um, and that that's sort of always where I kind of look at it. Yeah, I think that's a super great mentality to have because nowadays when I look at the really top teams, I'm always really impressed, not just by their own individual knowledge, but it seems like they're all really great friends with each other's and they've known each other for years. And they don't just limit their studying and knowledge to common specific things, but they seem to have a really vested interest in basically the whole classics world. And um, I know, you know, some people just try and study for common, but I think the really successful people really have fun with it. And I mean, they do and they, you, you see, you see them kind of branch out too. Um, and I mean, it's, it's sort of a part of like knowing what questions to ask. Like I did history. I am not a grammarian. I can't do fast grammar to save my life. However, I can be the person that says, Hey, could you repeat that? Um, or, you know, just knowing off the top of my head, like we're, we're working on something and I'm like, does that have to be subjunctive? Just, you know, making the grammarian think it one more time, you know, um, no matter how much you trust them, right? And it's just, it's so, I don't know, it's, it's so cool to just kind of see 
those really successful teams kind of gel, right? Um, and I mean, that, that's, that's the best you can hope for um, as a coach, at least. <laughs> One thing that I wanted to ask about was that you're primarily an intermediate coach, right? And at least in my opinion, and in the opinions of some people that I've talked to, intermediate is this, I feel like it's this really weird section of Kirtaman where novice, you know, there's a really standard curriculum that's pretty easy and then advanced is everything. And then intermediate is kind of like, well, uh, something you know how would you say that um the preparation for intermediate is different from novice and advanced and what do you think the transition from novice to intermediate and intermediate to advanced is like so i love coaching intermediate um largely because it is that weird monster and i feel like i've kind of figured it out <laughs> um because like novice, there's a very set curriculum, right? You're giving them the base, like this is how you play Kirtaman. There's like a very set amount of stuff you can ask about, cool. In advanced, I feel like your job is to be a taskmaster, like learn this, you know, go, go, go. Um, and I'm bad at that. I am, I am absolutely horrible at, you know, coming down hard on people and being like, no. Um, so in intermediate, you, I feel like I can always push my kids higher. Um, I see what, what knowledge they come in with, um, which is usually whatever they have learned in novice and whatever they've studied that year. Um, for example, this, this year I had these, like my historian this year, I don't know where she came up with everything that she had. Like, I felt like this girl had carrion scholar memorized. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, like, let's go. We can keep going up. We can, we can build. Um, and we can solidify stuff. Go back. Get down, like, the little facts. The things that, you know, you didn't quite remember about, you know, Claudius's reign. What, what made him special. Um, I always find that intermediate is more about, you know, how much you can learn for the sake of learning. Um, it's, you know, I mean, there is, there isn't really a set of how high it can go. Mm -hmm. um, there are definitely sometimes the questions come up in prelims and I'm like, seriously? Like, <laughs> what? Um, but, you know, I'm like, all right, cool, sure, we can, we can, you know, practice gerundives. Um, you, you get kind of an idea of what it's supposed to look like. And a lot of it is just reading the questions over and over again. You know, like, I've read way too many years worth of prelims at this point. Um, I, my mythology these days is terrible, uh, but I have a pretty good idea of what'll come up. Like there's usually a question about Atalanta, um, and they usually ask it by starting about her parents, you know, things like that. And I'm like, all right. Um, so I actually can't play against my students anymore because I have the questions memorized too well. Um, so I'm always like, I'll read. <laughs> but... It, it can be very nebulous 
but I think that's also kind of the beauty of it. Um, and if you get a really solid team, you can just keep going. Um, and you know, if you do it, if you do it well, by the time you give them to your advanced coach, they have this group of like rock solid players. Um, and I, I find like a lot of the stuff that I work on, you know, is, you know, buzzer technique, you know, honing that skill, like, all right, cool. You've got all this knowledge. Now, how do you use it? Um, and it's more about the utilization of the knowledge than about having the knowledge. I think that's a really great perspective that, you know, it's already made me respect intermediate a little bit more. Intermediate is the hardest one. I, I swear to God, like I've coached them all and I'm like, intermediate is, it's hard, but I love it because it's hard. Like it's that challenge that you know, okay, where are we going to go this year? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of biased against intermediate because I got put into it after my first year of Latin. That's a weird story, but um, it was really weird. The week after learning indirect statement, being told, okay, this is how you form the passive paraphrastic. You need to know this for nationals. You're going, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, don't, I didn't know what a participle was. Um, and you're going to learn it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Magic's in the learning. So one thing that you alluded to earlier that um, I kind of want to learn more about is that you started, you know, your coaching in Massachusetts and then you went to Virginia. How did you make that change and what was it like? Oh boy. So um, Howard Chang was the coach of Virginia at that point. Um, and we played against him a lot, uh, pretty much every year. Um, came to be pretty good friends. We, we got to know each other pretty well. Um, and he had tried repeatedly to get me to move. Like, you know, would you ever consider it? He asked and I said, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, and uh, a, a job came open at Herndon High School in Virginia um, and they were having a really hard time. They were a JCL powerhouse in VA. And they were having a hard time finding a JCL oriented teacher. Um, and I had just left a job in Massachusetts. Um, it was midsummer. I really wasn't quite sure where I was going. Um, and I, I posted something about it on Facebook, uh, which alerted Howard that like, maybe <laughs> he had a shot. Um, so rather than him calling me, uh, he gave my number to um, the teacher who was leaving and she gave it to the assistant principal. So I'm running out the door uh, to go to some event or another. I'm in like a dress trying to catch the bus in like the middle of Boston, right? Because that was where I was living at that point. Um, and my phone rings and it's a 703 number and I have friends down here. Uh, but it wasn't one I recognized, and I thought something had happened to one of them. So, of course, I picked the phone up, and it's the principal at Herndon High School. And I'm like, what in the heck? Like, where did you get my phone number from? <laughs> um, and she's like, well, your resume came across my desk. And I'm thinking, like, God damn it. <laughs> like, um, and, of course, I couldn't say anything at that point. Um, but you know, I, I was, 
I, I listened, I talked to her. She was telling me all about the program. I was like, well, this actually sounds interesting. Um, and then I'm like, well, I am about to get on a bus to go to an event. Can I call you back? Um, so, you know, I, I took her number down and, you know, I, I left it at that. Um, and I called my friend, Irina Greenman, um, because <laughs> she's from down here. Um, and I, I said, what in the hell did you do? Because she is the only other person outside of Massachusetts who had my resume because I had to read it. Um, and she was just like, man. Because <laughs> she knew that I knew. Um, and I was like, all right, tell me about this job. You know? <laughs> um, and eventually... Like, I, I ended up calling the principal back. We had this whole long chat. I took the job and moved really without thinking about it in the span of three weeks. Um, and then school started. Uh, I was hired August 1st. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I kind of figured at that point that I was just going to start over. Um, I really didn't know... You know, I didn't know where I would have gone in Massachusetts. I, I was a little kind of floundering and I thought, you know, we'll try again. <laughs> um, and I, I posted something on Facebook about, all right, all right, I did it. I'm moving to Virginia. And I, I got something upwards of like 300 likes. I was like, oh God. <laughs> and this was in 2013, I think. Um, yeah, because I've been in here for seven years. And, you know, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, but from the time that I posted on Facebook saying I need people to help me move into my apartment and they rallied like half of Flint Hill School <laughs> and I had this group of people show up um, who I'd never met before, at least I knew I was in the right place. That's really intense headhunting. <laughs> it was a crazy story. <laughs> um, I mean, like, my whole family is back in Massachusetts. Nobody, like, expected it, you know, when I called my mom and I said, I'm moving to Virginia. And she said, what? You know, <laughs> you know and, but I'm here now. And I, I really do like it. I think it's a little more my speed, like the DMV area, as opposed to the rush, 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 rush of Boston, um, which can get extraordinarily stressful. Um, I love it, uh, but it's a little more chill here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is pretty, pretty wild. I have to say most people are just like, eh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like applying for jobs and then got offer, accepted, moved down, you know, nice, slow, <laughs> relaxed way. Of, but this is like super intense. But now, but now you're here. Now you're yes. here. You're in Virginia and you're teaching. And I'm curious how this, like maybe not necessarily this specific, you know, transition, but just like your experiences teaching as a whole and also teaching in different states. Uh, how did that kind of like help you or maybe like influence kind of like how you came to choose to run for becoming the NJCL academic chair and being it? Like, could you kind of walk us through like that? Sure. Um, so I was the academic chair in mass. Um, 
And then when I moved to Virginia, I actually said, I'm, I'm going to be really good my first year. I'm not getting involved in anything. No. Um, and I'm at VJCL convention year one, right, for me. Um, and I was sitting there, you know, it's about eight o'clock at night and I'm happily just guarding the Herndon table, right? Like reading a book. Um, and that was the year that something had gotten messed up and like they printed out the unproofread tests and the wrong key accidentally. Um, it was a mess. Um, but I, someone comes to my, someone just comes up to me and it's like, hi, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm thinking like, crap, what did my kid do? I'm like, sure. You know, and I got ushered into a room with Susan Shearer. Um, and you know, she kind of hands me this test. Uh, and I, I'm kind of looking at it, you know, uh, because at that point I was kind of the ranking historian. Everyone else around was a grammarian or a mythologian. And I don't, I, I know where they came, they got the idea that I knew history. Uh, I, I know, I knew some of the teachers in VA and they knew I was a historian. And, um, and so I started looking through it and I'm like, well, this doesn't have a right answer and neither does this. And I'm like marking stuff off with a red pen. And then I ended up sitting there hand grading 400 history tests with the rest of the SCL for the entire evening. Um, I had to text my colleague. I'm like, sorry, I'm in a misfellowship. I'm doing this thing. Um, Either way, uh, Susan Shear spent the better part of the evening talking to me about my philosophy about, you know, being the academic chair. And I was very non-committal because <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, and then Adam Williams, who was the academic chair that year, moved to Florida or Arizona or something. He moved. Something like that, yeah. Um, he left and somebody needed to finish out his term um, and no one was really stepping up. And Susan said, do it. Um, and you don't say no to Susan Shearer. You just, you don't. And I said, fine. Um, and I've stuck with it. Um, academics is kind of my favorite position. I'm not really one of those people that likes to be like up in front of people, you know. Um, but like behind the scenes stuff, sure. I love, I always love learning more stuff. Um, and I definitely consider like the test part of that. I, I learn something every year when I have to proofread someone's test. And I'm like, I had no idea you could use a participle like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go look that up, you know, and you know, there's, there's me with Alan and Greno, which I am not amazing with, <clears throat> but it's so cool to me that, you know, there's always something new, right? I've been studying mm -hmm. this language since I was in seventh grade. And there's always something new. Um, and so when I learned that the academics position this year would be open, because um, I'm not running against David Jackson, that just isn't happening. Um, I, I kind of went, uh, I don't know, like, I, I wasn't really you know, like super stoked about, you know, jumping up in front of a bunch of people, right? Because that, that's what I try to avoid. Um, but between um, David Jackson, 
the outgoing chair, um, and Jenny Luongo, uh, they both said, do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it, you know. Um, and I, like, really, without thinking about it, just kind of sat down and wrote the app and sent it in. Um, I do think that the fact that I have done this academic chair thing in two states, two very different and very similar states, right? Because both states are academic powerhouses, but they do it very differently. Um, and academics in Virginia is not the same as academics in Massachusetts, as I quickly found out down here. Um, but I think, you know, it gives a very kind of, it gives me a little bit more perspective when I'm trying to think about, you know, new rules, new sources, new, new ways of doing things like, oh, you know, in Mass they did this, in Virginia they did this. At the national level, maybe we could do like some combination of the two, you know, um, and you get a little bit more of an equitable picture of it so that you're not just, you know, running off of like, Virginia, you know, <laughs> um, because not every student is Virginia or yeah. what you would think of as Virginia. Um, and not every student in Virginia is what you think of as Virginia. So you like getting it. I, I figured that at this point I was kind of in a position to put like some equity into it. Um, and that's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. So that's very interesting again it's it's kind of like it seems to be these kind of like burst moments but like i mean you're you're doing it i mean you're getting here and so what i wanted to kind of now move into is the like kind of your thoughts kind of plans in respect to the jcl and so obviously we just started talking about this you being the academic chair and we're curious like do you have any specific goals you have for the tests? I'm trying to go for some standardization of like difficulty. Do you have like, like what's kind of like the aim there? If you have like some super, like, this is what I want to do. Um, I'm definitely looking to, I, I worked a lot with Jenny, like right after I got elected, I'm trying to do more um, freely accessible sources. Hmm. Um, like what she tried to do last year with Kurtaman, um, with some pretty good success. Um, and I grabbed her list and kind of worked with that a little bit. Um, I do want to see if I can't open the source list up so that more people can get their hands on stuff. Uh, because sometimes the source list can seem very, I don't know, just it's, it's far away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes the sources are a little bit like, what? I mean, like reading Heikelheim for the first time is a little bit, you know, <laughs> it's very, you know, 1930s, right? And it's written like that. And I'm like, it's not accessible to your average student. Um, and I don't feel like academics should be like this, like huge elitist thing that's accessible to like the David Chen's and the Dante's of the world, right? <laughs> um, I, I do want to see, you know, everybody be able to be successful in that somehow. Um, so that's something I'm really working on. 
Um, I am trying to kind of standardize the difficulty a little bit. If I really have some time, I'm going to sit down and try to like bang out some syllabi for some of them. Um, not this year. <laughs> that is upcoming. <laughs> um, and, you know, really, because I do feel like sometimes you get into like the weeds of God knows what. And I'm looking at some of the history tests being like, oh my God, like, I don't even know where they found that. And I know what I'm talking about. Um, and my students are coming to me going, quid? Um, and I figure, you know, like when Will Sigmund is confused about something historical, we probably need to go back and revisit that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like should that really be on there um because sometimes especially towards like the end the harder sections of the test i really feel like people are just kind of digging through the book sometimes like trying to find like some weird obscure fact to put on it um did you read alan and greno we'll never know right um so i want to see if we can't kind of standardize that a little bit um this year I'm looking at, I, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do if we're going to be in person or not. Um, I'm trying to find ways if we aren't in person to do testing online a little bit better. I have some ideas. Um, we're going to pilot this at VJCL in the fall because VJCL is a fall convention and we're going to see if this works. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And that's sort of where I am currently. I, I'm interested to see how this year's set of tests goes. And I really want to hear people's feedback. Um, it's been interesting because like sometimes I'll just kind of creep around on the discussions on the Kurtamanatore server, right? And they'll be talking about sources or stuff like that. Like, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, they, they did this or they did that or they want to see this or they want to see that. And, or, you know, somebody's going, why can't we make this book available to everybody? And I'm like, why can't we make this book available? It makes note, you know? Um, so it's been kind of cool just to kind of hang around and listen to what the students have to say. Uh, because too often I feel like it ends up in the hands of the teachers. Mm -hmm. um, when, when we send out surveys and stuff, we ask the teachers to reply to us right yeah which doesn't necessarily give us the full view right like i can guarantee you that david chen has a ton more opinions than his teacher about sources and stuff like that because he has read them all right mm. um and he'll be able to give me a much more well-rounded like picture than if I asked his teacher um, about them. And I mean, like, she's amazing, mm -hmm. right? Um, but she just hasn't read all of the sources. <laughs> I mean, who has time to do that? Um, so I think I'm hoping to get a lot more student input. Um, and like start kind of talking to kids, you know, just about the test sessions. Like, tell me, 
tell me more. What did, what did you study? Did you think it was too hard? Did you think it was too easy? Like, you know, I think that that will be invaluable as we keep going. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I guess as a more recent student, I feel like it's just the like voice of students in terms of like, what is our, what are our thoughts on, um, you know, testing, whatnot, uh, hasn't really come up a whole lot. And I mean, there's an understanding of like, okay, yeah, sure, we haven't been in the scene as long. But I think there's also, there's so many students who probably have so many great ideas. And it's just kind of like a, you can just voice them. And I think like, I think so many people love the scene enough that they really think and think about this and like, want something like some people are like, you know, certain standardization of like question distribution and difficulty, like set the first 40 questions to be like gettable by anyone The um, like yeah. next 20 to be slightly hard. Like, you know, there's like thoughts on this um, and such. And yeah, I think, I think I'm glad that uh, you're also looking into student feedback and also hearing what they have to say about that. I mean, at the end of the day, are the teachers the one taking the test? No. Um, we had an issue in Virginia a couple years ago where, um, the advanced grammar test got messed up. The writer basically, the writer wrote it two years in a row. And mm -hmm. when he was running out of time, he just mixed up the questions from the prior year, but none of us caught it because we don't have encyclopedic knowledge of the test. Um, so it got brought to our attention. I had to cancel the scores of that test and like redo the whole thing. It was a mess. I cannot tell you how many times I got chewed out by a teacher. Um, but the kids all got it. They were like, we completely understand why that had to happen. And it really got me to thinking, you know, who is this for anyway? This isn't for the teachers. The teachers don't take these, the students take these. Who takes the medals home? Who takes the ribbons home? The students take the ribbons home. You know, I love the teachers, don't get me wrong. I value everybody's feedback, but they aren't the ones taking it at the end of the day. So I, I really want, I want the student voice. Um, Cause I think like, some of the best ideas come out of the student voice and they're clearly thinking about how to make some of the stuff better. I mean, some of the students are so invested in it. Like, you know, um, I have one who wants to, he graduated this year and he wants to help coach intermediate next year with me, which is awesome. Um, so, you know, I sent him all of the tryouts and I was like, here you go. And he sat down and took all of the tryouts, reformatted them, took some questions out that, you know, needed to come out that I just had never really gotten around to dealing with, rewrote a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and I mean, they're gorgeous now. <laughs> like, and I mean, he put time into that. And I was like, I, what the heck did you just do? <laughs> you know, and it, I mean, you, you don't realize just how much people have been thinking about this for, you know, two or three years going, how can we make this better? Um, but we don't ask them, you know, 
Um, and maybe, maybe it's time that we did. I think that student input is especially important now because, you know, the whole scene has been seeing incredible amounts of change, not even just, you know, with COVID and everything moving online, but I mean, like Kirtaman questions have been changing a lot in the past couple of years. Um, and I wanted to ask, what do you think about this progression in the Kirtaman scene? Do you like the changes that have been brought about and like, what sort of direction do you want to see it going in the future? So I actually love them. Um, there is much more learning Latin rather than learning about Latin. I don't know if that, I hope that makes sense. Um, and I mean, like, it also means that, you know, your historian has to know a little bit of Latin. Your mythologist has to know a little bit of Latin. The team has to work together really well on those. I mean, even your grammarian knowing a little bit of history and mythology isn't going to hurt you either, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, the, um, the questions about history and mythology in Latin are the easier ones. So if you know that it's Hercules and you're the grammarian, well, you go in there anyway, you know, buzz in, say it. And then when, when you're doing the bony, then you can kind of help you know, translate it for the mythologist to give you the right answer on something a little bit harder, right? Um, I think it really has promoted a lot more teamwork. Um, and it's, it really has given it a little bit more of like the fun and, you know, learning for the sake of learning vibe um, that, of course, I am always after. Um, I think that it's responded to a lot of the current trends in pedagogy. Uh, which is really cool uh, because for a very long time it didn't. Um, Kirtaman just kind of did its own thing and like if you didn't teach that way you learn. I mean you were SOL right and that isn't helpful right in terms of getting more people involved in it um, and it's been really fun. I mean like last year we had what like 12 teams on novice and this year we had like 24 teams on novice and it was awesome. Um, so I it, it's getting a lot more people into the game and that is the coolest part about it I think. I I really like especially in the virtual world being able to bring Kirtaman to people who don't normally have access to it, mm -hmm. right? Um, a lot of students who like, you know, their teachers are too busy or too overworked or just don't want to start a Kirtaman team, right? All of a sudden they're landing on the Discord Kirtamanatore server because they have friends. So they're learning. Um, and you're seeing them go back to their states going, okay, no, we're doing this, guys. <laughs> um, I think it makes it more accessible to students who want to start their own team um, and might not necessarily have the support to do it. Uh, one of the things I was going to do this year, uh, had we been in person at Richmond, um, was I was looking to put together a colloquium about like, okay, so you want to start a Kirtaman team and do one for teachers and one for students. Um, which I still want to do, maybe we'll do it at San Diego, um, where like we can, people actually have, you know, students who started their own team 
you know, discuss that. Like, what did you do? What is like, is there paperwork involved? How did you even get started? Like, where are you finding the questions to start with? Um, what are you doing? And how do you even work on that? You know, coaching your peers is weird. <laughs> um, but sometimes it's better, you know? So, I mean, there, there are a lot of students who have done that, um, who have come from nowhere, right? Or, you know, like in Virginia, we have um, a powerhouse team um, that, you know, powerhouse school spawns a huge amount of amazing teams, but their program is entirely student run. Um, they, they have three students who work with the different levels and that's just how they do it. It's the coolest thing. Um, and you know, so by the time that the students come out of that program, like the, the ones who graduate have a very good idea of what they're doing. <laughs> um, and that's, to me, that's super cool, right? You can, you can teach other people how to work a program like that. Um, and it also gives them teaching experience. I, I've definitely had kids come out of that being like, I want to be a teacher. And I'm like, yes. You know? <laughs> um, so that, that's the coolest part to me. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. I think uh, the scene is definitely improving. I think question quality just in like two, three years yes. has just skyrocketed. And I'm, I'm glad it's happening. I think uh, Kirtaman has kind of gotten to live in this bubble for a very long time of being like, well, we're unique. We can write however we want. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. No one can complain. Such is life. But now we have like uh, people really trying to innovate the question writing style of the game, uh, designing it with this, like, I think like pyramidal style is kind of like the question style now of like the right. game where it's like, you reward players who know super, super deep stuff, but by the end, anyone can get it. And that is good um, right. because you want to reward people for still even knowing, maybe not necessarily extremely hard things, but you're still rewarding them for knowledge that in like the time they've put in for studying. Absolutely. And that, that's so big and it's so important, right? Like, I don't want to feel like I've put in all of this time for nothing. Because mm -hmm. that sucks. Like you just don't want to be there. Um, so, I mean, if two other teams have buzzed themselves out and you're, you know, that lone player from the state that nobody ever thought could get anything, hey, maybe, you know, you're getting something. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, like, as one of my friends who is from a less, like, Kurtaman zealot state, uh, she was like, I told my students that if they scored 50 points, that was good. And I'm like, great, that's perfect. Like, that's where you start, right? You have to start somewhere. You know, you're, you're not going to come out there, roar onto the scene and take first place. It's not happening. You know, there's practice that goes into that. There's studying that goes into that. And there's time that goes into that. And, you know, you like trying to get that accessibility in there, you know, getting one question can be that huge motivator for mm -hmm. like, you know what, I'm going to go home. I can do this. I'm studying. 
I got this, you know? Yeah, yeah no. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. That has, um, that has particular interest to me because I come from a state that does have less, less curtailment interest. And I think that the participation in it has been kind of declining over the years. So like, do you think that you have any advice for people like me or coaches from such similar small states to try and take baby steps to becoming more competitive and active? I think that the more that you show what it looks like now and that it isn't, you know, that former like elitist you know idea i think that that does a lot to get people involved in things um i do feel like the virtual cartomina are great for that uh because you know right like you can attend a cartomina from the comfort of your own home you don't need to worry about putting in you know, the money to get transportation, the time to get transportation, begging your parents to take a Saturday to drive you to God knows where, you know, like virtual Kratomina have been huge. We, um, for the first year, first time ever in Virginia, I had an eight person bench for intermediate. I'm lucky if I get four mm. usually. Um, and I was like, holy cow, like we actually had to make some really tough decisions about who to, who to take this year. Um, you know, just because it was so accessible to so many people. Um, so I do think the virtual world helps and like take advantage of that virtual world. You know, write a bunch like what we're doing. Um, you might have seen my post on the NJCL competitive Kratomin thing, Facebook, where it like a bunch of students from Virginia are working to make a relatively low key tournament uh, for students who are newer to the game. Um, you have to have some Latin experience, but like come, come see what it's about. Um, and hosting that I'm hoping we'll get more people into it. I think that that we have a huge golden opportunity here to kind of show how to how to play right and not you know not just like dump them into like yes i gave up my entire saturday to get the life beat out of me by you know the super competitive school right that's not fun um the other thing we did in virginia was we we have two divisions now we have a um like a competitive division and an open division, uh, which works pretty much the same way that nationals does, right? Open Kratomin, competitive Kratomin. Like if, if you just are kind of playing for fun, you know, you want to come and have a good time, play open. Um, if you are coming and you are out for blood, play competitive, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that, that helps out a lot too. Yeah, I, oh, I hope it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's good that that type of uh, event is taking place. I think right now the online Kurtaman scene has more or less seen just advanced tournaments pretty much because it's just what caters to the audience. 
Um, it also allows for a much wider participation because if you have an advanced tournament, you can have novices and intermediates play. But right. if you do a novice intermediate, you obviously can't have, have like play. a third part of the scene and maybe that's a bigger part and portion of like people play. So I think it's super nice to have that. I think it also introduces a lot of people because like right now, a lot of the tournaments are just kind of like you roll up and you more or less have the same experience of like, if you play against a decent enough team, you may just get beat out if you're new. Like you just, you don't have the experience to like uh, play against them. It's just time. I think the coolest part about the the tournaments for the newer players is that I can rope some of the advanced players in and be like, moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that that's always fun too. I mean, that gives them moderator experience. Um, and they kind of get to see, you know, sometimes I do feel like there's that phenomenon of like, you forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always want people to remember where they came from. Um, because, I mean, we all started somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we all started with, you know, questions like, give the present active infinitive. <laughs> Which to us now seems so, like, that's too easy. But I mean, for for, like, the newer students, they're like, question mark, you know? Um, and I think it's really helpful, you know, especially as the advanced students come up, you know, they might start coaching a little bit, helping out with the younger teams to realize, oh yeah, that's right. That's where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's a very good point. I think also it's like, it helps, uh, helps guide people when thinking about like difficulty I think that's a big thing and I think being like uh shown into like oh this is where novices and intermediates tend to be this is where very new players tend to be like I can totally understand I remember I when I was playing like very first time I was like who's Nero but now I'm like how did I not know who Nero was like that's such a weird thing but it like it makes sense when you like think about like exposure and stuff so yeah oh go ahead yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, so uh, I guess the last little thing is, is, I mean, you obviously have so much experience and you've thought so much about the scene and we're just wondering, do you have any like last advice that you would kind of wish that you had gotten either coming into uh, JCL and Kirtan as a player, as a coach? Like, do you have any like specifically like this is kind of what I wish I had heard? I wish I'd heard. Um... I guess my, my biggest pieces of advice are you can do this. Um, there are definitely times where you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh my God, that person is so much better than I am. Um, but you can do this. You're here for a reason. You know, you, you have anybody can get to the you know that point it's work it's time it's effort and remember that you get out of it what you put into it and have fun with it if there's a point where it stops becoming fun it isn't for you 
Um, because if you're not having fun, then why are you even here? Um, at the same time, always challenge yourself because if it's too easy, then why would you do it? So yeah. those are, those are great words of wisdom. I mean, it really, it really rings true though. I mean, like if you're not having fun with Kurtaman, there's like a very low chance you're going to be as successful as you want to be. Like every team that makes it to the top and wins is having fun. Yes. They, and they're also like best friends. Like they are having a good time. Yes. They're not, they're not like angry. Yes. They're, they're not, it's yeah, they're hand. not like, yeah, they're not like, you know, like, like just dead sea. Like they're, they're having a good time. And yeah, I mean, thank you so much. No problem. And I mean, this thanks was so for, much fun. Thanks for coming on. I mean, you gave so many different perspectives and so many different thoughts I hadn't even considered before. Like, I mean, like I would say I've been in the scene for long enough or not like super long, but I've been, I've been here since like 2015, right? So about like five years now I've thought and like, you know, been in it for a while, but like, there's so many little things I just didn't consider. And I'm really glad we had you on to give us these. It was so much fun. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that, that's the end of this episode of the buzzer race. Thank you. Uh, Emily Thank you for so coming much. on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Take care. Bye. Right. Bye.